Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brand. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I am so excited, Shane, for this upcoming weekend mm. of SEC football separation Saturday. I'm calling it on this end. I don't know about you. <laughs> and boy, do we got a loaded show here. We got Zach Goodall, Sports Illustrated, all Gators. Mm-hmm. Got our buddy Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio, yeah. breaking down both sides of this ball game. And man, am I fired up. How you doing, brother? <laughs> fired up myself. Uh, a little late on the pod. Uh, I, 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 I did a big pot of chili. Everybody's probably looking at me like, why is Shane sweating? Is he okay? <laughs> yes, I am okay. The problem I ran into, it's like NFL starts today. You know, we got NFL. We got we got a long weekend of college football. I'm excited about it. You know, get a good pot of chili that lasts you all weekend. But it is 95 degrees outside, so it's not <laughs> quite fall. I'm just kind of wishing it was. But uh, um, I'm ready. College football, just it just I don't know. It just feels good. It feels right. So I'm I'm in a great spirit, Mike. I'm ready to get our picks in. This is finally, you know, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, we went about 20 minutes before I realized it wasn't a pick show. But uh, Mike has informed me that I can give my uh, my uh, wagers of the week this week. So I'm pumped up, man. Yeah, and before we get rolling, Shane, I should make note, uh, we probably should talk about this a little bit more often, otherwise people are going to stop showing up. But we got Twitter spaces Friday mm-hmm. night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, same time we've been doing it. We, we'll be tweeting all about it. But, uh, you know, th- that's always a great time, and I'm sure nobody's going to have any issues with any of these picks we got upcoming. <laughs> It'd be a great uh, conversation there on the spaces. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, me too, Mike. I would love nothing more than to get some Arkansas fans against South Carolina, yeah. some Kentucky, some hot takes, Kentucky fans going against Florida, Will Levis versus Anthony Richardson. That's what we want to see. So be sure to hop on tonight. We'll be here at 8 o'clock. We'll open up a couple of uh, cold beers with you and, and talk some college football. No doubt. Well, brother, let's kick it off uh, with our first interview. Zach Goodall, Sports Illustrated, all Gators. This is a good one. The man with the golden hair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're pleased to once again be joined by Zach Goodall. You know him from all Gators, Sports Illustrated, covering them Florida Gators. And I got to say, Zach, I I really appreciated our chat down at SEC Media Days, and I love the fact that on all Gators, your profile pic comes from our interview. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's also turned into a meme in Gators Twitter. Not that picture, but you had um you told me during that interview that you thought Florida could or maybe even would finish second in the East. And I I didn't believe it. <laughs> I gave you a look. I gave the camera a look and that has turned into a meme on Twitter. And also, I mean, if week one is any indication, I think your prediction's already a lot closer than mine was. Yeah, all right. So you're already coming around to the good side. I I like to hear that. So <laughs> Before we get to that, I got to ask you real quick, um, how many cups of coffee do you need to get through to, to watch a Billy Napier press conference? Hmm. I mean, I, I I depend on coffee as is. <laughs> I developed the addiction when I was in like middle school, so I'm, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm off to a poor start. Um, 
you know, I don't want to throw them under the bus or anything, but Florida, they've got that new facility, a new place for us to do press conferences. And I've told everyone this at that in that room, as well as on game days on the media lounge area, the single best thing Billy Napier has done has put out K cup machines for us to use. (laughs) (laughs) They've got it in the press conference room. I usually take one or two in the 30 minutes that we're in there. If that, that speaks to it. So uh, I wanted to get your takeaways from the Utah game in all seriousness. I mean, Anthony Richardson, my God, he is the talk of college football. And for good reason. I mean, all you got to do is is watch that two-point conversion. I don't think I've ever seen a, a player make an individual play quite like that. Uh, what was your main takeaways from the upset of Utah? Yeah, it was absurd. And, and I think that play in particular. Uh, I think as a whole, we all kind of knew just how lethal Richardson could be on the ground. I mean, a player of his size, you know, last year in the home opener or season opener, he was clocked at 21 miles an hour rushing, either that or week two, one way or another. So going up against a Pac-12 team, we kind of expected him to be able to use his legs quite a bit. I truthfully was really impressed by his passing. Uh, It's not a stat line that's going to blow you away, but it was efficient. 17 to 24. No, I think he threw one near pick and that was the only bad throw he made of the night. Uh, it, it was, you know, he was pretty accurate. He showed off a lot of zip. Uh, the concepts I thought were kind of limited, but it was probably a good thing. You know, you want to build this offense slowly with his comfort level and the receivers from what they were able to run, were able to accomplish exactly what the concepts were. And that was, I think one of the biggest non Anthony Richardson, you know, things to assess coming into this season is how the receivers would operate in this offense. And it all really seemed to click. I mean, they've got a lot more that they need to do, but when you've got a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, as long as he's got that accuracy and that poise, he's so dangerous that his natural skill set is going to elevate the team. And it certainly did in week one. And how impressed were you with this offensive line? Because that's been a sore spot for quite a while there in Gainesville. I know it's it's only one game, so we can't go overboard. But, man, they look like a strength of the team potentially. Yeah, I know we'll dive into Kentucky in a little bit here, but I think that this this is a massive test, you know, right here in week two for that unit. And they did look really good in week one. The running game, especially with three different backs and Richardson uh, and two of them being new backs in this backfield in Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson, things really did seem to click. You know, they were in unison. Uh, You could definitely tell the addition of Osiris Torrance from Louisiana helped the run game and the pass game. I mean, he, he was very clearly just a step ahead, I think, of everyone else. And that, too, elevated the line. And across the unit, there is a lot of experience. So there's hope that this will be one of their better units throughout the year. They're definitely off to a great start. But again, you know, Kentucky, especially with this news about Jordan Wright that just came out before we started, this, this is going to set the bar, in my opinion, at least as to how good this offensive line could truly be. Now, you mentioned uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, some highlight plays from them in the opener, but also they each fumbled. Uh, Etienne jumped right back on his fumble. But uh, what's the level of concern that they can hold on to the football? Because, you know, if you lose a turnover battle against Kentucky, you, you're probably going to lose the football game. Sure thing. And, and I think that that's why they're really confident in their run game, even with those guys aside, because their starter is someone I didn't even mention in Naquan Wright. And he didn't have the most productive night. He was, I think, 10 for 39, so right around four yards per carry. Uh, But he's a guy that's proven in this backfield, good pass catcher, uh, good pass blocker as well. So they know they can depend on him to go out there and not commit mistakes. And and you got to think, you know, Montreal Johnson coming from the Sun Belt, ETN earning significant snaps in his true freshman game that ideally these things 
will be fixed. You know, they'll get more comfortable as things go along, but that's the beauty of this offense. You know, if they're, if ETN and Johnson are going to fumble the ball, you can have Wright and Richardson step right in and make impact plays. Now, how big of a challenge is it for Florida this week, Zach, to, to not get caught up in the hype? Another sellout. I mean, they're, they're the toast of college football. Everyone's telling them how great they are. I'm, I'm sure that's not the message in the building, but everyone outside of it, how difficult is it to, to kind of block out that noise? I'm sure it's difficult, uh, but at the same time, I think that's been a massive point of emphasis for Billy Napier. Uh, he, he said it on the teleconference yesterday that the ranking just doesn't matter. I mean, you can tell that that's his Nick Saban influence and the whole rap poison aspect of it. Uh, but I think the players have bought in. Uh, from the guys we've talked to this week, they've not really provided any bulletin board material, not getting ahead of themselves. Uh, Tyreek Sapp is a redshirt freshman, played in his first game of the season this past week against Utah. And the very first thing he said was, we can't get complacent. The biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. So at least when it comes to, you know, stepping in front of the mic and talking to the media, they're saying the right things, but that's going to be a huge test. We know as we were talking about in July, that this is going to be an emotional game. It's going to be one of the bigger priorities. I think for Florida this season is to win this game. They've got to be all in. They can't afford any distractions in order to, you know, they don't want to slip to Utah for the third time in five years after that streak that they had for however many it was before that. Now, do you think Florida needs Anthony Richardson to, to have another heroic type performance to win this game against Kentucky? I think that's going to be the case a lot this season because the roster still definitely isn't in Florida Gators shape as we know it. There, there's still a lot of development. We've seen some intriguing things, but like the run defense, you know, they're fortunate that Kentucky is without three running backs this week because they allowed 180-ish yards in the second half to Utah. That's the reason that that was still a game that late into the game. Uh, they're going to need an elevating or an elevating performance, I would say, from Richardson. However, because Kentucky typically has a very sound run defense, they've got a really great-looking front seven with several All-SEC players I want to see Richardson take his passing game to the next level. This is a relatively inexperienced Wildcat secondary. We've started to see some, you know, glimpses of hope from this passing offense. Ricky Parasol, I mean, the addition at wide receiver, they've been all about what he can bring to this offense. And we saw it start to click last week. I think we're going to want to put a focus on the passing game, executing better this time around compared to what it was last year against Kentucky. I think, Ultimately, the the lack of trust in Emory Jones and the lack of a passing game last year is why they lost the game. And how does the Florida defense, particularly the secondary, do they match up against Will Levis? And the, he's got some young receivers, but they looked pretty good in the in the opener. And they've got the transfer, Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech, who was incredible in against. I know it was Miami of Ohio, but he looked great. Uh, do, you, do you anticipate Will Levis having a big game against Florida? So that's my thing. Is I'm I'm personally not the biggest Levis fan. I, I think he's a very good college quarterback and I love the addition of Robinson. Uh, I think he was their leading receiver already last week in week one in his first game and he put up some big numbers. But I look back to last year at home, especially against the worst Florida Gators defense I think anyone's seen in a long time. And Levis went seven of 17 with like 80 something passing yards. It, it, I obviously expect him to improve uh, he's gotten a lot more comfortable in that offense since the last time these teams played. But I think Florida's got the talent on their passing defense, especially to limit him, especially if his go-to target is 
someone he's only played one game with at this point. Uh, they, they love their cornerback room with Jason Marshall leading the way, and I think he's going to man up on Robinson quite a bit. The pass rush needs to get home. Uh, th- that was an issue for Kentucky last week. They allowed four sacks, I believe, but Florida wasn't able to get any uh, on Cameron Rising. So that's going to be a huge test. I-, I think in the secondary, they're comfortable enough to where they could contest with Levis quite a bit, but the pass rush is going to have to get home. So is it safe to say, Zach, that, uh, you know, football is not this simple, but we kind of make it out to be where it's Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis. And, and, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a shootout, but it may come down to which quarterback can make the most plays in this game. I'm kind of leaning towards thinking that that you think Anthony Richardson will be the guy that comes out on top if that's the way the, the game plays out. Is that is that accurate? I'm at the point now where I I am pretty comfortably leaning with Florida, and I'm not sure necessarily if that's going to require Anthony to be a hero necessarily. But I do think, again, it, it is going to require him elevating the offense a bit and, and, and certainly as a passer. And, and with that in mind, again, with, with Kentucky's running back situation, it's almost forced to be that Richardson and Levis matchup, which – should certainly be exciting. It's another sellout crowd, and we saw how that affected Utah earlier in the game uh, this past week. Will that get to Levis? I've not really seen him in that environment myself to where he's got 90,000-plus you know, screaming down on him, and can he handle that with a lack of weapons you know, in a vacuum? I don't think he's really got that much around him that's proven himself in the passing game aside from Robinson. So I do think ultimately it will come down to a competition between those two. And at this point, I feel more comfortable with Richardson coming out on top. So what is the path in your mind for Florida to get the win over Kentucky at home this weekend? Start strong, uh, especially in the passing game, you know, get Parasol a little bit more involved. I think that they, they stretched the seam with him pretty well this past week, but again, I think the offense was a little limited, maybe manufacture him some touches And if you can get off to that early lead, then you go to your ground and pound, as we saw a lot throughout Utah, and try and control it from that point on. How big does this game loom over the Florida season? Because if you you fall down to 0-1 in SEC play, your next SEC game, I know this is another one we've talked about, on the road at Tennessee. We'll find out a lot more of, of how good Tennessee really is this weekend against Pitt. But, you know, if you lose this, there there's a, I'd say a decent chance that Florida's 0-2 in conference play right out the gate. So so this one, you know, how how big is it for the season? Yeah, I think it would humble the fan base quite a bit because rightfully so, everyone is pumped. Like Napier said the other day, everyone's ready to crown the Gators. <laughs> not re- He's not ready to. Uh, the, he sees a lot of room for improvement despite a historic jump in the rankings. And I certainly think Tennessee is is going to be a tough game. I am not confident in saying Florida will win that game quite yet. Granted, definitely want to see more from Tennessee, but it was a team I was high on coming into the season. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously, again, a, a loss would humble the fan base, maybe bring them a little bit more back into reality. But if they win this game, then I suddenly start to feel a lot better about going in. And, and obviously it's a totally different type of offense, but being able to hang with a team like Tennessee, feeling a lot more confident in conference play. And, and if they beat Kentucky and they beat Tennessee, based on what we've seen out of LSU, there's there's a chance they go into the Georgia game undefeated at that point. Ooh. I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> likely. I definitely didn't think it was likely before the season, but, you know, a loss would definitely change everything. 
because if they can win this and then win the Tennessee game, suddenly they're going to be viewed as the hottest team in America, probably, all things considered. All right, Zach, moment of truth. Who you got in the ball game, Kentucky or Florida? I've got Florida. I could see Kentucky covering. I'm not necessarily confident in a score prediction yet, but I think it'll be close to, uh, to Kentucky covering. All right, Zach, I really appreciate your time and all this uh, outstanding information. Can you tell the audience before you go, where's the best place to find all your work? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, uh, as well as all my written work over at allgators.com. And he's all over that page with the photo from SEC Media Days. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That is the best picture I've gotten on the job in a while. <laughs> all right, brother. So, hey, how great was that? And not only, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, we gave him his profile pick down there at SEC Media Days. And this is the first time I'm aware of, Shane, that uh, we were able to make someone a meme based on uh, coming on our show. That's right, man. I love it. Uh, we, creating memes, you know, building relationships. <laughs> we do it all here at that SEC podcast. <laughs> Hell, we got cited for a paper today. I don't even know what that's about. I'm sure it's probably a court document we're going to go to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, that actually happened, and please, uh, no one, please, please don't cite anything we say here in, in any kind of uh, uh, academic or legal setting, because it will not hold up, trust me. No, it will not. All right, buddy, so hey, we got one more interview, like I said, Nick Roush, he always delivers, he's going to be down there traveling all the way to Gainesville to take in this game, we've got Zach picking the Gators, let's see what old Nick's got. For us, will he pick Kentucky? Find out right here. All right, we're pleased to be joined by one of our favorites, Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. You know him as the host of the 11 Personnel Podcast with Adam Luckett, one of the best podcasts out there. Nick, thanks for joining us once again. I'm happy to be here on that, that SEC podcast and uh, excited for this weekend, man. We knew it was going to be a big one, and Florida really amplified the stakes with a big win over Utah. So, um, they're the flavor of the month, and I think Kentucky likes that. I think Kentucky loves having all of the the the, the Florida hype going into this week. They excel with the chip on their shoulder, and uh, they, they got it. They got it. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to ask you all about that, but before we get to that, I wanted to get your thoughts on the, the opener against Miami. Personally, I thought Kentucky started a little slow, just completely dominated the second half like you'd expect a ranked team to do against Miami. Uh, what was your main takeaways from the ball game? You know, it, it it was there was a lot of uh, similarities in many Mark Stoops opening games, um, except the one difference is the Cats covered. You know, they, they <laughs> hit their team total over, right? Um, it, it's Stoops likes to keep things vanilla, especially ahead of a big game like this versus Florida. Uh, they didn't do a ton of creative things on offense, but we did get to see a little bit of what's to come. And I, I think the biggest takeaway I've got is that you you are going to see. Um, whereas it used to be maybe 60-40 run, closer to 50-50 last year. It's probably more like 60-40 pass, particularly without um, Chris Rodriguez in the fold. I, I, we, we don't have any news one way or the other, but I, they're preparing to play without him. Um, and now that that's the case, go out there, Will Levis, go win yourself a football game. He had 300 yards, three touchdowns in the opener, and th they're going to need a lot of that, and maybe then some down in the swamp this weekend. Well, I'm glad you, you hit on that because I wanted to ask you – do you think it's at all possible they went into that ball game saying, hey, we know we can beat Miami of Ohio. We have got to get these receivers, Barry and Brown, Dane Key, 
and even Tavian Robinson, who's he's not a young guy, I get it, but he's he's new to the team. We have got to build this chemistry because we we don't have much time before SEC play. Do, do you think there's anything to that? Oh, there's there certainly is, and we got that. Uh, you know, you saw late in the second half, even though the game was effectively over, Kentucky's still throwing the ball. You know, those guys need reps. That was when Brown got his longest reception of the day. So when Key got his first touchdown, you want to build confidence uh, in in, the, in those early games, and and I certainly think. We got that, and you got it in a lot of young guys, too. You know, it wasn't just the receivers. Uh, Deion Walker from Detroit, he he's a big six foot seven, 340-pound guy who can play defensive tackle. He's not just a nose. He went and got four tackles, and, you know, we, we talked to him this week, and he's like, I, I learned that if I get north, nobody can stop me. So you, you have confidence from those guys. Keaton Wade had a big uh, stop on third down. I don't think they'll need him as much at outside linebacker thanks to some late-breaking news. But also Alex Afari, he he played 43 snaps at nickel position. They typically, uh, you know, aren't aren't eagerly rolling it. Like they, they want an experienced guy who can play smart. And he played well. He was second on the team in tackles, had a, a sack tackle for a loss. So uh, the 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 future is bright with a lot of talented freshmen on this roster. So you you hinted at it there, Jordan Wright. That's the big news. Eligible to play, re- returning to the field. How? big of a boost is this for the Kentucky defense going into this Florida game it's huge it's huge and you know even if he doesn't go out and get a bunch of sacks right throughout his career has been a havoc maker Uh, I think he only has seven and a half sacks but he's really sprayed the ball elsewhere he's got two defensive touchdowns in his career Um, a bunch of forced fumbles he picked off a pass uh, last year against Mississippi State um, and, and, and it really opens up the playbook for Brad White. Um, last week, they played a lot of nickel. You're going to go back to more 3-4 uh, because you've got two experienced outside linebackers. He's a super senior team captain. You need that stout presence when you're going up against a guy like Anthony Richardson. Those are the contain guys, the outside linebackers. Florida ran for 283 yards last week. You need big bodies in there. And the one thing we definitely didn't see uh, in week one is some of those uh, the creeper blitzes right where you, you, you're bringing an outside linebacker you're dropping a defensive lineman in coverage to try to confuse the quarterback Brad White can really take off the gloves this week and, and do a lot of stuff that just Florida hasn't seen on tape now I know you wrote about this at the Kentucky Sports Radio go check it out if you haven't already but uh, Roman Harper with some interesting comments here on this Florida Kentucky matchup he's picking Florida big called Kentucky soft when in the hell has Mark Stoops' football team ever been defined as soft, which is that's totally inaccurate? Well, if, you, if we had Roman Harper on this call right now, Nick, what, what would you say to him? I would say, Roman, thank you. Thank you so much, <laughs> because that's exactly what this Kentucky football team needed to hear. Mark Stoops even admitted after the game that, you know, sometimes you don't know if they're taking a business-like approach or they're going through the motions. And at times, they were going through the motions. Thanks to your kind comments, Roman, I don't think that's going to be the case on Saturday. They've reshuffled that offensive line. They've got Kenneth Horsey kicked out the offensive tackle. And while he's inexperienced there, they're putting their best five on the field. They know who their best blockers are going to be. They're going to be all in the field at once. Lavelle Wright is healthier than he was a week ago. Uh, and even though you don't have Chris Rodriguez or Ramon Jefferson, you're going to see a much different looking Kentucky offense this Saturday in the swamp. Well, you referenced that offensive line, gave up four sacks against Miami of Ohio, a lot of those in, in third down passing situations. What's the, the level of concern that that's going to be an issue against Florida, which they did not get a sack in that Utah game? 
The, my concern is less about the pass protection because Kentucky really wanted to test David Wallball to see if he could do it. I don't think he passed that test, so they've changed up things. But they're also going to have uh, tight ends help in protection, right? They're, they're going to slide things a different way. Schematically, I think they'll be helped in pass protection. Where I'm more concerned about is in the running game. Um, if you even if you take out the negative sack yards, they only had 75 yards and three yards of carry there. Like that's not the Kentucky rushing attack we're accustomed to. And where it really hurts with Mike is that it's it's in the play action game. In the second half, the Miami guys that were they were crashing down on Will Levis because they didn't have to respect the run. This Kentucky offensive line needs to help uh bust a few big plays early on just to make the Florida defense respect that vital play action passing portion of their offense. Now on the latest edition of uh, the 11 personnel podcast, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Uh, I thought you made an excellent point, Nick, about red zone in this game. Anthony Richardson was just a monster for mm-hmm. in the red zone for Utah, Kentucky, obviously at, at this point in time, without Chris Rodriguez, they're, they're hammered down there in the red zone. Do you think Florida has an edge in the red zone in this matchup? I do. I do. And, and, because Richardson, I mean, just tack on that guy is hard enough, right? And when you get inside the 20s, the condensed field, there's not as much space to work with. You need a guy that can move the pile. And frankly, the best person to move the pile for Kentucky right now is Will Levis. Uh, in, in four first-half opportunities, granted, one of those was into half. They were kind of running out of time sort of aspect. Um, but they settled for two field goals, and one of those uh, drives ended with a fourth-down interception in the end zone. Uh, Kentucky has to be effective capitalize on scoring opportunities in in the two wins against Florida Kentucky really bowed up in the red zone uh in the last trip you know Dan Mullen punted uh, on the Kentucky 37 um they forced field goals Florida missed field goals in, in certain situations so this is this is huge this is huge that's where your money's made as much as we're going to break down this game a lot of it's going to come down to who takes care of the ball best and who can capitalize on scoring opportunities what's your confidence level that Will Levis has a better game than Anthony Richardson in this Saturday? It's actually pretty high. And I know that might sound crazy um, going into this, <laughs> the way that Richardson played last week, but Will Levis had his worst game of the year against Florida last year. And I think he remembers that all too well. Um, and then you factor in Richardson, like as great as he was, he can't always be that great, right? Like, I, I'm not saying he's it's guaranteed that he's going to regress, but both of these guys have had turnover problems throughout their careers. Richardson was clean. He he played almost a perfect game. I've, I, I find it hard to believe that he can play a perfect game against top 25 teams in back-to-back weeks, particularly against a very experienced Kentucky defense with a lot of seniors playing inside the linebackers. All he has to do is make one or two mistakes, and that can cost the Gators the game. So if Kentucky wins on Saturday, what's the path for that to happen? I, I, I think it comes down to Will Levis uh, not only throwing the ball well, but being effective in the running game. Uh, we didn't see any of that design Q run. I think we're going to see that some of that this week. And here's something that hasn't – it gets talked about a lot at Kentucky because they love their tight ends. Um, but I think tight end usage is going to be important because you saw Florida's linebackers wear down throughout the game. They're not very deep there. If you can get those tight ends running routes, it only takes a couple of you know mess-ups by some of those linebackers to create big plays. So I think you need to have a solid quality performance from the tight ends and, and for Will Levis to really be the player that the Wildcats expect him to be in 2022. How Huge does this game loom for Kentucky, just the overall season. You, you don't want to put too much stock in one game, but right. 
if you really have visions of getting to Atlanta, to me, it it's, seems very difficult. You, you drop this game, you're going to get there. What what do you say? Well, the good news is, is like a big picture, you know, we're all prisoners of the moment, but Kentucky's big three home games, they go to Tennessee, Florida, and Ole Miss. If you win two out of three of those, you're still in position to do what you want to be able to do at the end of the season. So it's not life and death. However, you, you play two – you play an FCS team next week, then G5, and then you go on the road to Ole Miss. It might take some of that air out before um, you you get another home game against South Carolina. So um, in Kentucky's two 10-win seasons, they both included uh, wins over Florida. And for you to get that momentum going, for you to get those dreams big and dreams, dreams to be as big as you want of, of playing in Atlanta this week goes, give, gives you a little bit more wiggle room uh, before you, you go on the road at Ole Miss and, uh, uh, and at Tennessee. So while it isn't the, the, the worst case scenario if Kentucky loses, it can do so much for your program. You can watch and you'll, you'll be a top 10 team uh, at that Ole Miss game. So it's, it, it can do so much for you getting momentum going in the right direction for the Wildcats and, and, Mark Stoops would pass Bear Bryant with most wins as a Kentucky head coach. Like that's that's it shouldn't be an asterisk, um, but it kind of is in a matchup that that means a ton for this Kentucky football program. All right, final question, Nick. Moment of truth: Who you got winning the ball game? Once the games, once the dust settled, and I watched them that Florida Utah game, I was ready to say, you know, without Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky can't do it. Jordan Wright's back. Um, I really believe in this UK defense. While they may not have a ton of first-round NFL draft picks next year, uh, they have a you know JJ Weaver can be that dude. He's played big in this game. This game means a lot to him. He tore his ACL playing against Kyle Pitts the last time down there. I think this Kentucky defense does bow up, play well against the run, force Anthony Richardson to make some difficult throws, and, and I think that ultimately they can keep it a low-scoring affair and come away with a 27-24 victory. Ooh, I like it. All right, Nick, before you go, tell the audience where's the best place to find all your work. Uh, you mentioned 11 personnel before. If you want to hear more about that breakdown, we did a, it's as thorough of a uh, breakdown as you'll find. Go check us out there. More KentuckySportsRadio.com, the Kentucky Sports Radio YouTube channel. I've also got a morning radio show from 7 to 9. You can find all those links at my Twitter feed, at RoushKSR. Okay, brother. Hey, we're two for two with the Hover picks. I, I love it. Yeah, I love it when people, we got different guests saying different things, different winners mm -hmm. here um and, and i i you know that's just a tease for our picks upcoming but uh can't wait for it i love it man a bunch of homers just just talking college football right <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> on cloud nine no that is some good comments here from nick uh you know of course uh good all he's he's always a, he's always a, a joy i'd like to see these guys in a ring man who you think would win in that <laughs> fight you know i think nick would like he'd be like a a blunt object just going straight at him and and yep. uh, and I think the other one would be like, you know, trying some trickeration, you know, <laughs> like Rick flared up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful of those Florida. Yeah, I'm telling you. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it, man. But again, they're both both excited about what they're bringing to, to the field Saturday. And, and as am I, Mike. Yeah, no doubt. Well, brother, before we get to our picks, mm -hmm. hey, we got to take care of some uh, some business here. And don't forget podcast is sponsored by wager wager app if you haven't already go on and, and check it out you use that promo code sec on the wager app you can find the link in the show notes they're going to give you 20 bucks mm -hmm. greatest thing about the wager app shane 
you can wager against Shane and I. You're, you're not yeah. betting against Vegas or anything like that. You can bet with your buddies on the wager app. Just come on down. This is a Nashville-based business. We're on the app. Search us out, that SEC podcast. we got a whole community there. We're putting up our wagers of the weeks on this app. And like I said, 20 bucks free with that promo code SEC. You don't even have to put in a credit card, Shane. I've never heard of a deal quite like this, but uh, it's a good time over there on the wager app, isn't it? It really is. And we're putting, like I said, some of our own money up. We're putting our money where our mouth's at. It's, it's, it's a fun little thing. I've got right now, I've got 10... $10 bets for the wagers of the week. You know, you may not like this wager. I mean, I am I am on fire right now. Don't I don't want you to get scared, you know, because eventually I'm going to trip up. Maybe it's this week. But I got these bets laying up online. If you want to take them, come get it. Um, I, I picked a few other teams as well. So um, I'm just that confident in my picks. And if, and if you feel confident in yours, this, like I said, come take my money. Yeah, we are currently undefeated with That's our right. wagers of the week. All uh-huh. season long. So, basically, we can't be beaten. I don't know if any of you are man or woman enough to challenge us on our wagers of the That's week. Right. But if you are, head on down to the wager app. Again, you can find that in the show notes. Tennessee residents only, 21 and up. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. And the podcast, Shane, also brought to you by Prize Picks. Back yeah. for another year. Daily Fantasy sports and what I love about Prize Picks, Shane, college football. You said NFL's kicking off right now. Obviously, you can wager on NFL players as well. NBA when that starts to roll around, Major League Baseball, all the action over at Prize Picks. Again, use that promo code SEC and they'll match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks over at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is available all over the SEC. So. Come on, play some prize picks with us, Shane. And, man, I am on fire. <laughs> I got two out of three last week. I got two out of two opening week. And I have got some winners with the prize picks this week, Shane. So, you ready to hear my selections? Yeah, I'm ready, man, because you are on fire. I was a little upset about the the Sam Houston one last week, but I'm, I've officially retired <laughs> to Texas A&M talk. So, uh, but, yeah, let's hear what you got this week, Mike. I got a couple myself. Yeah, and over at Prize Picks, this is pretty cool, Shane. They're now doing, you know, it's usually you, you go over or under passing yards, mm-hmm. or rushing yards, or touchdowns. Now they have it to where you can do passing and rushing yards. Right. And I call it, I call attention to that, Shane, because there's two that I'm loving right here. Will Levis, 255 and a half total mm-hmm. passing and rushing I mean, I don't see any way, unless they just completely shut him down, that uh, Will Levis is not going over with, again, his passing and his rushing totals, 255.5 uh, total yards. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that. This is going to be a Will Levis game. And, uh, yeah. you know, we don't even know who's running the ball. You know who's running the ball? Will Levis is going to be running the ball. Right. <laughs> They're going to take the handcuffs off of him and let him play some football. And 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 that I expect uh, the over here as well. I like that pick, Mike. Now, you like that one? I, you're going to love this one, brother. Hendon Hooker, 290 oh, yeah. and a half. Again, this is passing and rushing. I mean, he's going to probably hit that just <laughs> passing by himself. You know what I mean? So give me over Hendon Hooker, 290 and a half total yards. Sounds like you're predicting a little bit of shootout, just like I am, Mike. So I like the over as well. The offense runs through Hendon Hooker, and Hendon Hooker may have that by half. 
<laughs> yeah. All right, how about this one? He Tank Bigsby, Shane, 111 and a half rushing yards against San Jose. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of yeah, here, San Jose. He had over he had 147 rushing yards last year, and he I don't even think he played much of the second half. So Tank is a machine. Mm-hmm. Give me the over. Oh, he's going to get 112 rushing yards easy, don't you think? Dad joke incoming. Can you stop the tank? San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my daughter's going to love that one. <laughs> now, one of my favorite players, Shane, in the SEC, that he's only got one game under his belt in the conference, but he was a beast last week. He's going to beast again. Zach Evans, Ole Miss rushing, running back. 108 and a half rushing yards against Central Arkansas. I didn't even know they had a team <laughs> in Central Arkansas. Give me that over. He'll Again, he may hit this by halftime. Absolutely. I like that one as well. Am I going to get a pick in here, Mike, or are they all going to be yours? I got one more. All right. That, I, that, that this is a stone cold. It's probably the one. It's probably one I've been sitting on. Let's hear it. <laughs> Keisha Butte, Shane. Oh, okay. Right. 77 and a half receiving yards mm-hmm. against Southern. I mean, come on, get get out of here with that. Kayshawn Butte, we did not get him involved in the opener against Florida State, and there was always the, you know, the drama after the game. You got to imagine LSU, we know what Jaden Daniels can do on the ground. We know there's issues with the offensive line, but this is a game where you got to get Kayshawn Butte going. You know, he may catch 10 passes in this ball game. Give me over 77 and a half receiving yards for Keyshawn Butte. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of his Keyshawn. Remember, give me the damn ball. That's that's yep. kind of what it felt like week one. You know, he was not happy with the performance. The, he wasn't mm-hmm. happy with the usage. So, how, what do you do? You feed him the damn rock. So, I like that, Mike. Good pick. So how many? What do you got for us on the I, prize pitch? I got one more because a couple of ones you've already touched on, but it's Anthony Richardson, two and a half touchdowns. Now, when it says two and a half, it's rushing and passing. Offense goes through Anthony Richardson. I think this is uh, going to be a scoring game, and I like Anthony Richardson to at least get twenty-one points on the board. So give me the over two and a half is the is the prize pick. Oh, okay, brother. I like that. And, and Shay, we got one more sponsor. Man, we are loading up with sponsors. Hey, we got to pay them bills, Mike. Come on, Exactly. Man. <laughs> and this Guardian Brace is a new sponsor. Yes. We got a Guardian Brace injury report. Shane, this is a company uh, out of Arkansas. Big Razorback fans reached out to us, Shane. And if you've got knee issues, Guardian Brace has got you covered with the next generation of knee braces called Rehabilitators. Rehabilitators are wearable technology engineered to reduce and eliminate knee pain by simply walking on the brace three hours a day for 90 days. Mm-hmm. This is covered by insurance, so check it all out. There's a link in the show notes, www.freebody.io for a risk-free 30-day trial. And we have got an injury update, Shane, and that's the game that I wanted to hit on, speaking of Arkansas, because we we got so many uh, dinged-up guys here for the Arkansas and South Carolina Team. So the Guardian Brace injury update, Shane, potentially some good news for Arkansas. Running back Dominique Johnson back on the practice field this week. He had not played in the opener. He was a standout running back last season. Of course, you know, we got a couple tanks back there in Fayetteville. So uh, Sam Pittman kind of up in the air on whether Dominique Johnson will play. But that is certainly one to watch. Just another weapon for this Arkansas Razorback offense. Now, that's the good news. The, the bad news, Shane, Jalen Catalan, Miles Slusher, no update on those defensive backs, but that 
you know, we're very high on Arkansas, but being down those guys potentially could be bad, bad news for Spencer Rattler and company coming to town. So that has got got to be on the minds of every Arkansas fan out there. Jalen Catalan, Miles Slusher, status unclear, and I don't know if they're keeping it as a secret because they don't want to reveal who's who's going to be in this game or not, but that could be a major, major factor. Whereas on the other side of the ball game, or the, the other side of the, the coin chain, South Carolina, getting some good news because running back Christian Beale Smith expected to go for the Gamecocks. This will be his first game. Sherrod Green, the starting linebacker, good to go. And then one bit of bad news, Corey Rucker, the receiver, very doubtful for this Arkansas game. So we, we got a mix of good and bad for this Guardian Brace injury update. But all right, brother, hey, down to business here. We're here for a reason to pick these ball games. Yeah. And before we do, hey, I just want to call attention to this, Shane. Not that we're tooting our own horn because we know this is going to crash and burn and blow up <laughs> in our faces. So we got to take a moment here to recognize Shane and I's picks so far this year. I'm 15-0 and 0 straight up. Shane is 14-1. and 1. Incredible numbers from you, Shane. Yeah. And we are, we are both 10-2 and 2 against the spread. Just incredible. And like I said, wagers of the week, I'm 3-0. and 0. Cousin Shane, 4-0. 4-0, so, baby. Oh, brother, are we hot right now? I'm That's just, right. I'm expecting this to crash and burn this weekend. That's right. Vegas called me this week and said, Shane, you are not allowed to come here. <laughs> You're on fire. <laughs> no, they're they're welcoming me. This is this is because, uh, like you said, I'm due. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna right now. Who knows, Mike? Maybe it is a new thing. You know, I'm the Matthew McConaughey. You know, Al Pacino's gonna be calling us for long, saying, "Hey, why not you come over here and do some picks for us?" You know, <laughs> I'm terrible at impersonations. <laughs> so we got three games real quick, Shane. We're not gonna pick the spread because it's FCS opponents. Yes. no legitimate spreads available. But just wanted to get one thought for each game that you'll be looking for. And let's start, Shane, with Southern at LSU, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC Network. What will you be looking for from them LSU Tigers looking to bounce back after uh, suffering a defeat to Florida State? Well, I think you hit one of them with your prize picks there. I want to see Butte get involved. I want to see yeah. this team stop. Be, you know, it just felt at times it was just clunky and that when the offense wasn't moving, you know, mm-hmm. we got to get that passing game rolling. And if they don't do it against Southern, they won't do it anywhere. So this is a good tune-up game. This is good practice. So that's what I'm looking for, passing attack. Exactly. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. You, you could do whatever the hell you want to the Southern team. Mm-hmm. You could rush for 400 yards probably, but – that is not going to help you down the line here. We have got to get these receivers going. That's supposed to be a strength of this team. Couldn't get them the ball. Yeah. Now, I know Florida State, you know, hell, for all we know, maybe they're a top 10 team. I ain't buying that. But uh, we have we have got to see a lot more than what we've seen in the opener. And the only other thing I can add, Shane, let's see if we can field a punt because that cost <laughs> us two yeah. fumbles. Malik Neighbors, a great player, just unfortunately had those two miscues let's get that cleaned up before we get into sec play yeah i saw a lot of memes on that one this week mike i just don't i don't (laughs) want to be a joke anymore here we made a joke about him losing we've had make joke about you know brian kelly's press conference just just don't be a joke anymore lsu put put your big boy pants on go play some college football and just just beat the shit out of this team yep all right, next one, Shane Sanford, not Stanford, Sanford, <laughs> at Georgia, number two, Georgia, four uh-huh. o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Central on the SEC Network. What will you have your eye on on this one? 
Mike, I know this sounds crazy, but just don't get hurt. <laughs> you know, get the mm-hmm. starters out. I'm not expecting anything. I don't need to see anything. I saw everything I needed to see week one. You know, uh, I, I, even the punter is mad at the quarterback for not letting him get any punts. He says he's got something against Australian punters. So I don't know, maybe uh, some special teams practice here. I, I really, this is a, this is a joke of a game, and um, I just, I want him to just. Go out there, get it over with. Maybe see some of these younger kids. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess if I'm looking for anything, it's it's who's the next guy, who's the next X factor. You know, somebody we could talk about later in the season, being a, a key contributor to this Georgia Bulldog team. Uh, yeah. Because as we get into SEC play, we're going to need competitive depth. So that's that. I guess if I'm looking at anything, and I know it sounds crazy, but the backups. Yeah, exactly. We're going to see a lot of freshmen, redshirt freshmen in this ball game. But for me, Shane, really, I just want to see the backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Because I think Stetson, will, he'll probably get four or five series and he'll probably lead four or five touchdown drives. So let's see what we got in Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, maybe even uh, the, the true freshman Gunner Stockton. Hopefully mm-hmm. they all get some reps. I just want to see those guys on a college field outside of a, a spring game. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Now, last one here, Shane, Central Arkansas at number 22, Ole Miss. Yes. 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central, ESPN and SEC Network Plus. This one got relegated to the Plus Network, Shane. <laughs> what do you got your eye out on this one? Uh, cleaning up. Uh, this is a this is a good cleanup from week one. There was a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of stupid mistakes, uh, stupid injury, uh, you know, not injuries, but I'm sorry. Stupid uh, flags, things things that could easily have been turnovers. Avoided. Yeah, just 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 dumb. Just clean it up. That's what I want to see. Um, I want to see the growth of this team. You know, because they did come out. Defense looked great. You know, but I want to see more from the offense. Yeah, and for me, Shane, I would, defense was lights out in the first half. They were kind mm-hmm. of shaky against Troy. So I want to see him play four quarters. No excuse not to play four quarters of of defense against Central Arkansas, and then it's. Luke Altmaier, I want to see what he's like under center. But, at, right. you know, I just don't know what we're going to learn. I mean, hell, he could throw for seven touchdowns and, and we'd still be like, well, can he do that against Kentucky coming up yeah. here in a couple of weeks? So, I, I don't know that we're going to learn much from the quarterback position. But, of, but of course, I'm going to have my eye on it. Yeah, maybe we get a – maybe solidify that position, you know. <laughs> but, like you said, it's it's tough to, tough to gauge against a team like this. Yeah. All right, Shane, now we got some real picks here with some real point spread. So, you ready to make your selections here? Hell yeah, let's crank it up, baby. (laughs) Well, let's start here with uh, San Jose State, Shane, at Auburn. Auburn Tigers favored by 22 points, Mm -hmm. over-unders 48.5. This thing kicks off at uh, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on ESPNU. (laughs) Who do you got in the game? Man, it's going to look like the 1950s Auburn. There's going to be so much running up and down this field. I, I, I just, again, I, I, I can't see this being a game at all. You know, uh, I, I, but I, they really got to try some different things here. They, this, this does, it needs to be more of a tune-up. It needs to be like a scrimmage, you know, and, and get some players yeah. out there. But I just don't think we see it, Mike. I, I see we. I think we see a very, very conservative game again. I think we lean heavy on that running attack, which they're going to be able to move the ball. It's going to be slow. It's going to be boring. I don't think you're going to enjoy this game if you're watching it. Maybe if you're an Auburn fan. But I think there's a real shot that San Jose backdoors this cover. 
and uh, mm. gets a little wild at the back. You know, Auburn's trying to work out some competitive depth situation. So I've got Auburn winning, and and, and I th- it wouldn't surprise me if it's 28-0 <laughs> going in the fourth quarter. But I've got San Jose sneaking back in the back door, 28-17, so not covering the spread there. Give me San Jose with the points. You might be onto something there, Shane. San Jose State 1-0 beat Portland State. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even know Portland was a state uh, in the opener there. They forced three turnovers. Their quarterback scored three touchdowns, Shane. Here's a name to know. Defensive head Cade Hall. He was the uh, Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year heading into the, the season. And we know offensive line, not exactly a strong suit of Auburn. So that's something to watch. And how about this, Shane? I have, I had forgotten all about this. San Jose State beat an SEC team last time they faced them. Can you believe that? No. Who did they beat? Do you remember? Chad Morris Arkansas <laughs> Razorbacks. Oh, God. Well, at least he's not in Auburn, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, this coach is 1-0 against SEC schools, Shane. So, I say all that to say this. They ain't got no chance in hell, Shane, of going 2-0 against Mm-mm. the SEC. I'll go even stronger than you, Shane. I mean, I, I just don't think they're going to have any answer for this running attack. Uh, and I, I know T.J. Finley made some mistakes. We got to see that cleaned up as long as he doesn't throw any, inter- any interceptions. Yeah. This is going to be another cakewalk to march into 2-0, and heading into that big Penn State game in a week from now. I got Auburn 38, San Jose State 13. I think Auburn covers that 22 points. Hey, do you do you, do you see a, a little bit more quarterback movement here in this game? Do you, do you, I, I mean, I this again. I know it was flashy, but I don't know. This this other kid looked pretty damn good. So I I don't know yeah, how we can. Robbie Ashford. Yeah, the, he's just so dynamic back there. Uh, but you know, all reports just very inconsistent as a passer. But maybe he just needs those reps. Yeah. You know, and, and he is a gamer. I mean, he certainly looked like a little spark plug back there <laughs> in uh, the, the opener, and maybe that's what they need to pull it upset, if you even want to call it that, against Penn State a week from now. You know yeah. what? This podcast is brought to you by FUBU TV. FUBU TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football, NFL Red Zone, and games also available in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for for just a fraction of the cost of cable TV. You can watch FUBU TV with all your devices. Never miss a game or your favorite show with this cloud-based DVR records up to 1,000 hours of entertainment for you. The best part, there's no contracts, no commitment, no minimum deal you got to sign up for, and you can cancel the service at any time. So help out the podcast if you're looking for television service this football season, check out FUBU TV, and you can try it now for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FUBUTV.com and use that promo code SEC. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SEC. You can find this information in the show notes. How about this matchup, Shane? Missouri at Kansas State. Kansas State favored by seven and a half points. The over-under is 56 and a half. This game kicks off at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central on ESPN2. Obviously, this is a non-conference matchup currently, but uh, these, these two teams have faced so many times, Shane. Missouri 
holds an all-time edge over Kansas State with actually five ties in there. This, they've been playing so long, they got ties in this series. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a nice little matchup for both these fan bases to see a, a familiar face on the other sideline. You know what? Man, I was ready to call a Mizzou blowout in this game, Mike. Not going to lie. Then I heard old Steve getting on there and preaching them facts and got me <laughs> – it got me convinced that this game's going to be closer than yeah. than I than I expect, and uh, he's very high on Kansas State. So I will recognize that, but I will also recognize this is the best damn conference in the country, and I've got faith in Coach Eli. I think he comes away with the victory here. Morristown Honda dealership score of the game. <laughs> I've got Missouri twenty eight, Kansas State twenty seven. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, this is just such a hard game to predict because Kansas State came out and they, they looked dominant, but they were playing yeah. South Dakota. I mean, who in the hell yeah. is that? They, they don't have any good players on that team. I know they got a hell of a running back in Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, 126 yards in the opener. They got a quarterback, Nebraska transfer, but they, they ran his ass out of Nebraska. And last time I checked, Nebraska, man, they've been – <laughs> terrible the last under scott frost so i don't how good is this guy really only threw for 50 some yards in the opener this is just going to be a completely completely new challenge for kansas state they do get the home field advantage that could be critical i agree with you shane this could be a toss-up type game mm-hmm. but, but man all they do at missouri is, is produce these running backs yeah 323 rushing yards last week and that was with a quarterback making his debut as, as the team's QB one. So you knew they – La Tech had to know the running game was coming. They, they right. couldn't stop it. They couldn't. Missouri no. for, yeah. forced three turnovers in the ball game. Nine different receivers caught a pass. And that's what we've been saying, Shane. Watch out for this receiving core led by Luther Burden, the star freshman. Mm-hmm. People are sleeping on Missouri. They ain't going to be sleeping on them after Saturday. I'm right there with you. We almost got the same score here. Missouri, 30 Kansas State 28. This game's going to come down to a last-minute field goal, and the thicker, Mevis, is just, he's going <laughs> to nail a 50-yarder as time expires. Watch. I love it, man. Oh, God. And how many how many scores does Luther get in this one? <sighs> two. I give two? him two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's just so – and nobody's talking about him yet, but he, they put a, a couple of these weeks together. I mean, I'm telling you right now, he is one of the most electric athletes, not just a wide receiver I have ever seen. Yeah, we just got to find more ways to get him the ball. Exactly, exactly. Now, how about this one, Shane? This is going to be a a midnight classic over here. (laughs) Mississippi State on the road at Arizona. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, Mississippi State favored by 10.5 points. The over-under 61. And this sucker, Shane, 11 o'clock Eastern, 10 Central on FS1. I didn't even know they had SEC games all out with FS1. <laughs> a little something here, Shane, you need to know before uh, making a selection. They have sold 41,000 tickets, apparently, and, and apparently this is mostly Mississippi State fans. <laughs> and they are allowing them to have the cowbells in the stadium. I've never seen that before in my life. So I, I think they're trying to appease these Bulldogs heading out to the desert. I can't, can't wait to see this one. Because they know they couldn't stop them. They were still going to keister him <laughs> things in there, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. The fans are pumped up, and rightfully so. Mississippi State is legit. 
that point spread is not. I wish I could wager it, but I felt bad doing two weeks in a row with Mississippi State. But it's such an easy, easy bet in my opinion. I yeah. just think I, I just think they're a dominant team, and and they're going to continue this until they face one of these tougher opponents out of the West. Uh, but you know, given Arkansas or Arkansas, one second, let me get my points here. I keep saying Arkansas, uh, Arizona. Arizona. So given Arizona credit, uh, you're not going to find that on this podcast for me, brother. Um, I think Mississippi goes over there and, and gets their job done. So uh, what is this on FS1? So right after the Indy race car, uh, you can you can get on there and watch Mississippi State beat the hell out of Arizona. Give me Mississippi State 45, Arizona 20. So 25 points. Ooh. I'll take the points and Mississippi State on this one. Yeah, and this – I mean, they hell, they had a nice opener. Shane beat San Diego State 38-20. Yeah. to 20, But that was literally the first win under this coach's belt. He's mm-hmm. only won one game. I said two last time. I gave him too much credit. He's only won one home game, Shane. So, I mean, th- this is not your typical Power Five uh, road trip here. This is mm-hmm. a total rebuild. I don't care how good this quarterback is. The the only connection, you know, people think he's good because Mike Leach recruited him down at Washington State. Well, he ain't playing for Mike Leach. You know who is? Will Rogers. 450 passing yards, five touchdowns in the last game, completed 50 passes, Shane, an MSU record. Mississippi State is 8-0 when they score 30 points during the Mike Leach era. Make at 9-0, Shane. I can't believe this. People are not going to believe it. We ne- we don't we ne- have never exchanged scores before we do the show. Yeah. But I got the same thing you got here. Mississippi State 45, Arizona 20, Dang. blowout city here. Man, this is a fav- this is when it like if you're doing three team parlays and stuff, this one's going to find its way in a lot of my parlays. So just a fun <laughs> bet, easy. I think I, literally it's printing money with Mississippi State right now until it, until Vegas catches on. Yeah. Now every other game, Shane, we got a ranked team, at least one involved. Number twenty three, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest favored by twelve and a half points. The over under sixty five and a half. This thing kicks off at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central on the SEC Network. And SEC Nation is going to be on hand there, Shane. So, yeah. what do you like in the matchup? Oh, it, it sounds pretty, right? You know, we got a quarterback. Is, that, is Wake Forest quarterback a go? He apparently is, yes. Yeah. Sam yeah. Hartman, who was uh, – yeah. I, I think he was ACC Player of the Year or something. There for a minute, you know, here we got the SEC Network. We're 2-0. and Mike Wright's looking fantastic. Vanderbilt – is rolling nothing can go wrong but you know i think it's been a little bit fool's gold here mike i'm 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 telling you hawaii may be the worst team ever assembled assembled in college football uh you know last week they were giving up a lot of movement to elon so i you know i i just think that that you know, it's fun. I, I love it. I, I wish them nothing but the best. This shows you. I mean, even they had some uh, videos coming out of the of the stand uh, the stadium and fan support. You know, it's just they want to be good, and it's just it's just a shame they're not there yet. But Mike can't do it all, and unless somebody steps up to help them, I just don't see them having a shot here against Wake Forest. Maybe if the quarterback wasn't a go, but. Uh, but you just ruined that for me. So apparently he is. <laughs> so I've got Vanderbilt getting their first loss, you know, so two and one to Wake Forest. But, Mike, I have them covering the spread. I, I mean, we cannot, we cannot 
count out Mike Wright. He is a focal piece of that team, and they are not going to be able to stop him and bottle him up the entire game. So expect some points here. So give me Wake Forest 31, Vandy 21. Ooh, I like that score, Shane, and a lot of what you had to say. I mean, heck, Mike Wright scored 10 touchdowns this season. That's <laughs> just incredible. You know what? Mm-hmm. Um, his number one receiver, Will Shepard, has got at least one touchdown in three straight games. Jaden McGowan, the, the true, true freshman, he was SEC freshman of the week after week zero. And last week, four catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. So he's he's starting to develop multiple options on the outside. Vanderbilt is forced to turn over in 11 consecutive games. This is another one, kind of like Kansas State. I mean, Wake Forest beat the hell out of VMI, but who the hell's that? You know what I mean? They, <laughs> they got no players. Uh, they did have dang near 6,600 yards of offense. Like you said, the quarterback, Hartman's back. He's thrown for over 9,000 yards in his career. But I think where a lot of people are, are thinking that just means Wake Forest is awesome again. I mean, I don't think he's touched a football in six weeks. So right. there might be some rust, and I think – Kind of like you, I think Vanderbilt keeps this thing competitive, but going into the fourth quarter, I I do think Wake Forest pulls away. And unlike you, though, I've got Wake Forest covering this spread, but not by very much at all. Wake Forest 35, Vanderbilt 21. So we're talking, uh, you know, a point and yeah. a half. I, I think this is going to be a, a tight spread ball game. And you hate Vandy. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. All right, how about this one, Shane? Appalachian State yeah. at number six, Texas A&M. You finally get to reveal your spread here. <laughs> Aggies favored by 18 and a half points. The over-under is 54 total points. Game kicks off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN2. Well, I tried to give you this score yesterday, Mike, but I guess I won't <laughs> hold it any longer. You know, there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to this game. And, and and obviously Haynes, but just the just the bounce back. And, and I've been saying this for multiple years. I just I'm so sick and tired of Jimbo's slow start down there at Texas A&M. So I cannot say that we're not going to have it this game. Um, App State is a lot better than Sam Houston, and uh, they had a lot of they had a tough time keeping them out of the backfield. So. What kind of improvement do we see from week one to week two? I'm hearing a lot of a lot of things out of camp down there, man. I'm hearing a lot of a lot of reporters come out, a lot of coaches come out and saying, "Hey, we're fixing it." You know, we realized there was a couple of things, and they had a couple of fancy excuses, but I think I think Texas A&M finally gets back on track. And maybe, a, and, and I know it's crazy, but maybe you needed a team like Sam Houston to just kind of pop you in the mouth. And remind you that big boy football is coming down the pike. App State is not big boy football, but it is a team that has upset people. I'm sure you're going to hear the Michigan talks and all that stuff mm-hmm. again. I don't think we're going to have an upset. I just, again, until I see it, I think we still have a slow, sluggish start. But I think if we saw anything last week, that Texas A&M defense is legit. So I think they shut down App State. So give me A&M covering and um, so what's the score? 19? Is that the spread on this thing? I don't know. If it's I got it at 18 and a half. Okay. So Texas A&M 35, App State 10. Ooh, I love that one, Shane. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that defense. They have not allowed a touchdown since October 23rd, 2021 in Kyle Field. So 
I mean, that's an incredible stat. That just goes to show what kind of elite defense they got there in College Station. Uh, Haynes King, we talked about him on the last episode, maybe forcing the ball a little bit. But, hell, you know, Jimbo says that's what we want him doing. You know, getting reps with these receivers. I think – I don't think he's got to be conservative, but he's just got to not force the issue. As long as he doesn't do that, they should cruise in this game. Anaya Smith, what can you say about that guy? Six catches, 164, and two touchdowns last week. That 164 is a, was a career high for Anias. They did get the running game going in the second half. If they get the running game going right out the gate, they're going to blow App State off, off the field. Uh, they scored 61 last week, though, Shane, against North Carolina. The quarterback had six touchdowns. <laughs> and their running back had 116 yards and two touchdowns. Hey, they scored 61 against North Carolina. I'm giving them 13 against A&M because this is, this is a real damn defense they're going to be playing. Absolutely. We almost got a very similar score, Shane. Texas A&M 33, App State 13. So I'm right there with you. I got A&M winning big and covering the spread. Nice. Now, how about this matchup, Shane? This is a big one for uh, at least this network. Number one, Alabama on the road. At Texas, Crimson Tide favored by 20 and a half, the over-under 65 and a half. And this <laughs> thing kicks off noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central on Fox. Man, they were they got to have been fired up to grab that <laughs> one Alabama game. You know what? <laughs> oh, Matthew McConaughey's going to be so pissed at this game, brother. This, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because we, we got stuck watching uh, Big 12 football, you know, week zero because that was, for some reason, the only thing on TV. And I saw more advertising for Alabama than I did their own conference. And then the second one was Texas, which is leaving and going to the SEC. There is a lot of cool stuff going on with this game. There's a lot of fun storylines. You got Steve Sarkeesian. You got, you know, Texas coming over to the SEC. We, I'm sure they're going to mention arch manning a million times while we're down there so oh, yeah. there, there's going to be all kinds of storylines coming out but if you filter through all that bullshit mike i'm telling you this comes down to to two teams man one on one off you know and it's just kind of like what kirby said I, I i said this in yesterday's show it's just face it boys alabama's got better talent they got better boys on that roster and it's not mm -hmm. even close this is, uh, I think, the true kickoff. Well, nobody's talking about week one, you know. And that's, uh, I'm not saying that Saban likes that rat poison because he don't, but he likes being noticed as the as the best team in the country. He wants his team. These players, they're all on social media, and they see people talking about Georgia. They see people talking about Florida, and all. You know, they're not getting any any loving off week one. I think they get it week two, brother. I think this is a statement game. It's very similar to that um, that USC Alabama matchup we saw a few years back. You remember they pumped it oh, up yeah. as two two <laughs> juggernaut programs, and then it was like fifty points down. You know, I, I I expect the similar thing here. So at least we'll get to see the steer while they're out there. But that's about the only exciting thing you're going to see from Texas because I've got the score here, uh, forty one Alabama Texas. 14. And I don't know if you saw this clip, Shane. I got to play it real quick. Nick Saban found out <laughs> the horns down is a 15-yard penalty. 
clarified this offseason that the horns down hand gesture would be a penalty. What, have you addressed that with the team going into this game? What, what's that? The horns down hand gesture could be a 15-yard penalty. I have not addressed it with the team, but I appreciate you letting me know that. So, you know, we got a lot of other things we need to really worry about. But I think that's a good thing for me to go over with the team, so I appreciate that. Well, brother, you better be ready for some 15-yard penalties because they are coming because Crimson Tide are in town, Shane. Bryce Young scored six touchdowns last week. How about this, Shane? In in his seven games last year that he faced a top 50 pass defense, mm-hmm. averaged 313 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, just five interceptions, and, and over 63% completion percentage. Bryce Young – gets locked in for these big games. <laughs> yeah. And this is the first big game of the season for Alabama. Jameer Gibbs, nine rushes, 93 yards last week. This is going to be his national breakout yep. game. He's going to go off. More good news, Cam Latu, the tight end, didn't play last week, expected to go in this one. Utah State had seven first downs last week, Shane. <laughs> I don't – you know, Texas will probably get more than that, but I, I hesitate to even go that far. Wager of the week, Shane. Oh, <laughs> Alabama 48, Texas 7. This is going to be a bloodbath down there in Austin. You've been calling this for months now, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so I had to stick with it, you know? That's right. Yeah, we're, let's bash it one more time before they join the conference, Mike. <laughs> then, we'll, <laughs> then we'll be Texas supporters. <laughs> but until then, Absolutely. man, Alabama, this is, this is a – like you said, this is going to be a statement game. It's it's going to have so much national media attention, and, and this is a this is a kickoff for Bryce in the Heisman race. This is it's just so many underlying stories coming out. So I, I love this matchup, and it's it's just not going to be favorable for the Longhorns. No, not at all. Well, how about this one, brother? I know you're excited for it, and I I know you're excited just for me saying this, but number mm-hmm. twenty four Tennessee Ooh. on the road, six point favorite against. I believe number 17, Pitt, the over-under 67.5 points. Game kicks off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ABC, nationally televised for the ball, Shane. Mm Mm-hmm. Who do you like in the ball game? Who do I like, Mike? Who do I like? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, it's it's been nonstop all week. Pitt, woe is me. We're we're a little conference. We don't. They're just playing this thing down. You know why they're doing that, Mike? Because when they get beat, they don't have to answer questions to their own media. <laughs> because Tennessee is a different program than they were last year. Yeah. You, you, hear, you hear the coaches? They're talking. I mean, we're knocked off four seconds per play. So uh, this this Tennessee offense is an efficient machine right now. There's some question marks on defense, but we've discussed that earlier this week. I, I think a lot of that had to do with vanilla play calling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think there was some mistakes clearly, um, but some of that may get exposed a little bit against Pitt because I do like Pitt. I, I, I've watched a little bit of that West Virginia game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've they've got some weapons. They got a hell of an offensive line, and they can make this a ball game if we allow it. I just don't think we allow it. I think Tennessee's not going to do like they did last year and just, you know, play with their food here. They're going to come out and eat. As Hoppel likes to say, don't even look at the damn scoreboard because that that thing's going to be ringing all night long. So give me them Tennessee volunteers big. 42. Pitt staying in it. I think it's going to be a shootout there for a little bit. 28. They just can't keep up with them volunteers. Yeah, speaking of uh, 
you know, little clips here. We got another one, Shane. This is Pitt Lyman thinks Tennessee is a pretty ball club. It's going to be a great team to go against. Uh, very big boys, uh, going to be the prettiest team we probably see, but we're excited to uh, take on the challenge. Can't wait for it. Oh, is he trying to say that? It sounds to me like he's saying they're soft. How about you? Oh, well, I don't care what he says because he's going to get that ass whooped here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, we forgot to mention, Shane, we cannot uh, omit this. This is the Johnny Majors Classic. Yes, Rest yes. in peace, one of the best of all time. Won the national championship at Pitt. But a heck of a coach, one of the best of all time. Uh, of course, these two played last year. Pitt won 41-34. But, you know, we've been saying it all week, Shane. I mean, it, Pitt has regressed. Tennessee has gotten better. Mm -hmm. I don't care where this game is played. You referenced the West Virginia game. I watched that myself over the uh, today uh, leading up to this. And, man, I, I come away with it thinking West Virginia should have won that ball game. So. Yeah. Pitt did have five sacks in the ball game. That is something that uh, is certainly caught my attention because if they win the line of scrimmage against Tennessee's offensive line, that is key to them not only staying in this game but to potentially even winning it. So that's mm -hmm. something to consider. Tennessee has scored 45 or more points in four consecutive games, Shane. That's, that's a record going back to 1993. That's how red hot the Vols are. Tennessee's got the number one scoring offense in the SEC – Pitts got the number 11 scoring defense in the ACC. So, uh-oh, mismatch. <laughs> Tennessee, 42. Pitt, 27. Again, we almost have the identical score there, but uh, I got a little bit more confidence in your Vols than you do, Shane. I know, man. I tell you what, Johnny Majors, I, I, not to go, but I go back on because I didn't touch on it. One of my favorite coaches, my grandfather, you know, uh, passed away, um, you know, this year, this was, this was his coach and, and there was camps. I don't know if you remember Mike, but when Fulmer came in, there was a lot of people didn't like Fulmer. They loved Johnny majors and what he did down here and the culture he created. Um, you know, I, I've got a picture of me and my brother at an orange and white game with, with, uh, coach Johnny. And I, I wanted nothing more than to play football for Mr. Major. So, um, I, I hate that we lost him and, you know, he, he, he's still all around Knoxville down here. And I, and I hope he's a big part of Pitt too. you know, winning national championship for them was really big. So, uh, don't forget that storyline. Cause it, 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 it does have meaning and, uh, you know, it's, that's why it's a classic in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Shane, we got two SEC matchups to get to. South Carolina at Arkansas. Razorbacks favored by 8.5 points. The over-unders, 53.5. Uh, the game kicks off at noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central on ESPN. And how about this, Shane? I, I had no idea. South Carolina's won three in a row in this series. <laughs> of course, they haven't played since 2017. And, mm -hmm. and I got – I got to say one more thing, Shane. These fans, man, starting Monday, Tuesday, they were so cordial, so nice. Now on Twitter, they will they might murder each other is basically what I'm seeing in my notification. So they are both ready for this matchup. Cannot wait for it. Who do you, who do you like in the game? Oh, man, this is – you're right. It was it – was Nice at first, but then maybe they saw a tweet somewhere from a Gamecock <laughs> that got on their timeline and it rubbed them wrong. And same vice versa for for the South Carolina. You know, I I love. I don't get me wrong. I love what Coach Beamer is doing down there in Columbia. I, I think he is changing the culture, and it's not. 
and it's not topical. It's not just sunglasses and and a cool light show there in South Carolina. They they really are building something. Um, I just think they're a little ways away. I mean, you, you I, I, a couple, maybe next year even. Um, I, I think they're getting closer. The problem I'm having with South Carolina is, is the running game in the SEC. You cannot win. You cannot win games if you cannot run the ball. And mm-hmm. having struggling and having them struggle last week, getting that getting those chains moved um, on on Georgia State, and then you know going against Arkansas. You, that's not something you could just fix overnight so i like i said this the reason i don't like south carolina in this one is because it's played early in the season late in the season maybe they have an opportunity but i just i don't see it brother so that being said arkansas relies on their running game kj is a heisman candidate for a reason they're going to be too much too hard to handle and that's why i've got this as my wager of the week give Mm. me arkansas razorbacks 35 south carolina crawls back in it with 20 but not enough to cover the spread Man, 35 to 20, huh? <laughs> yes, 35 it, to 20. You know, this matchup is just one of the many, Shane, that uh, is cause for why we need to go to the new scheduling format. They haven't played since 2017. Here we are, 2022 season. We go to a new scheduling format. They're playing every other season. We need to see more of that in the SEC. I, I understand they're not – I'm not saying the geography makes sense or anything, but they're SEC. They need to be playing – a heck of a lot more than they are now. And I think, unlike you, Shane, I think we're in for a classic game because the biggest thing that I saw from Arkansas in that opener, struggling in the secondary, Cincinnati players just streaking wide open. The quarterback could not hit him to save his life. I think Spencer Rattler, the key for South Carolina, they, they have got to block better. And I don't have a ton of confidence that that's necessarily going to happen because Arkansas was all over that Cincinnati quarterback. So if that's the same deal in this ball game, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a blowout. But I think South Carolina with so many new pieces, maybe, they got, maybe they're overhyped, but I think it's more of a case of them just needing more time to get that continuity, get those all these moving parts to gel together. Again, offensive line is a huge, huge issue, but if Spencer Rattler can make some plays – I think he can. I think this is going to be a, a you know, I, I, you can't say coming out party because everybody already knows the guy's name, but almost like his coming out party in a South Carolina uniform. Mm-hmm. I say all that, but I, I can't pick against the Razorbacks at home. Like you said, they are just a machine running the ball, and that is where South Carolina is the, at its weakest on the defense is stopping the run. So give me Arkansas. But give me South Carolina in the points, Shane. I got it 35-28. to 28. I think it's going to be a, a one-score ball game. I think it's going to be kind of a back-and-forth type game. But the better team at home wins at the end of the day. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Shane, one more matchup. Number 20, Kentucky at number 12, Florida. Them Gators favored by six points at home. The over-unders, 52.5 total points. And the game kicks off at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN. And they just announced officially, Shane, it's a sellout crowd down there in Gainesville. going to be one heck of an atmosphere. The last four, you know, they play annually. The last four of the series is tied 2-2. Two to two, and, and Kentucky won last season 20-13 to 13 in Lexington. Who do you like in the ballgame? 
Mike, man, this is a game I've been looking forward to all offseason. And, oh, and yeah. I thought, you know, when we were down there at Media Days, it couldn't be any bigger. We made yeah. it as big. You know, you picked Florida second in the SEC. I picked Kentucky. We went round and round. You, cre- you created a ruckus there uh, with with the Lexington <laughs> folk, you know, just how could you how could you do that, you know? And, and I just didn't think Florida would have a shot. And then – enters the Utah game. After that one, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the TV and I'm like, this is this kid is legit. Anthony Richardson, you you we knew he had potential. We just didn't know he was that close to to yeah. exposing the 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 conference with what he is fully capable of doing. And that's just being a dominant quarterback in the SEC. Um but Mike here's here's my thing with Kentucky. Was it beautiful at the start of the game? No. Did they make mistakes? Yes. Did they have trouble getting the ball rolling? Did Will Levis, you know, did he, did he have to work out some things and run for his life a few times against Miami of Ohio? Absolutely. But I love this team. I really do. I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I, I'm just doubling down on the fact that I think Kentucky – has got a legit program. They did reload, man. We were wondering is when Wondell left, like who fills his shoes? Well, eh, here comes a kid from Virginia Tech. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it, it's just they reloaded everything. They 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 have some problems with the offensive line, yes. But you heard Nick saying they they addressed that this week. They're going to have the five best blockers out there. So if you fix that and you get a little bit of running game, I don't think Will was fully released last week. I think he will be this week. Anthony Richardson bald last week don't get me wrong he is a fantastic athlete but he himself alone cannot beat Kentucky it's at home it's going to be good and I may be looking back and saying damn Shane what are you talking about you just talked about how good Anthony is and then then you go in against him but until I see it I got to stick with the big blue nation so give me Kentucky winning down there in Gainesville I guess now we're considering this an upset even though we wouldn't have last week 38 Florida 35. I think it's a high-scoring game. Ooh. I just like Kentucky winning at the last last play. Yeah. And you know who I really likes that prediction, Shane, is old J.J. Weaver with some bold talk yeah. about how they're going to corral Anthony Richardson. Let's kick it over to him real quick. We're going to talk, but we just don't have to play our game. You, when you watch film of, of them, you see 15 out there running around. What jumps off the tape when you see him? Uh... He's a great quarterback, you know. We just, we just need to con- con- contain him. Like he's, he's gonna run. He's gonna do things with his feet, but we just gotta contain him. Have a quarterback spot, and he's not gonna be able to do none of that against us because we're going game plan. Yeah, so hey, that's bold <laughs> after what we saw against Anthony, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson against Utah. But he may have a point, Shane, because that's how Richardson took over that ball game with his feet. Three touchdowns on the ground. He didn't have a passing touchdown, although he did have that incredible two-point play. But, you know, there might be something to that, Shane. Keep Anthony Richardson in the pocket. I'm not saying he can't beat you with his arm. Hell, he could throw it 75, Mm -hmm. 80 yards down the field. I've seen him do it. (laughs) But I think Kentucky, where where they're at right now, they probably will, will want Anthony Richardson to basically force him to beat him with his arm rather than his legs because he's such a weapon there. And that could be trouble, Shane, because Kentucky's getting back Jordan Wright. That was announced here on Thursday. Of course, we we talked about it with both our interviews. But mm-hmm. Jordan Wright, 106 tackles, 15.5 tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks during his career. That's He's a major, major weapon for Kentucky on that defensive edge. 
Here's an interesting little matchup, though, Shane. Kentucky dead last right now at rushing in the SEC. Yeah. Florida dead last in defending the rush. So, hey, <laughs> something's got to give in that aspect. Got to see Kentucky get a little bit more of a push, and they should yes. against the Florida Gators in this matchup. Loved what I saw from some of these young receivers. And I really think that uh, Will Levis, who had such a bad game against Florida last year, I think you know he's got a lot of – I don't want to say money on the line, but mm-hmm. – he cannot have a poor performance in this matchup against Anthony Richardson and, and kind of come out here and, and have all that NFL hype that he's currently getting. I mean, he has yeah. got to step up in a big, big way, and I think he will, just like you, Shane. I think Will Levis has a great game, but he ain't Anthony Richardson, <laughs> son. I mean, oh, man, Anthony Richardson put the team on his back last week, carried him yeah. to victory. He may have to do it again, Shane, but he's got some help from Osiris Torrance. I didn't know this, Shane. He's never allowed a sack in his dang career. He's a four-year starter on the offensive line, first year here at Florida, of course. Ricky Pershaw, seven catches, 107 yards against Utah. Look for him to get going. He's going to be critical for the Florida Gators in this matchup. I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth type affair. I don't think it's going to be as high-scoring as you do. But I think the swamp is back. Hell, you're the one out here <laughs> tweeting all this swamp is back. The swamp is back, baby. Yes. Florida, 28. Kentucky, 24. Kentucky covers the spread, but they don't win a ball game. That's how, that, Man, and, and this is a major, major game. Could see it going either way. You could easily talk me into Kentucky winning this ball game. I, th- I think the disrespect to from Kentucky this week is is just so disingenuous and so uh, you know that that may give the fuel for them to pull what really isn't an upset. I, this is a toss up game. Yeah, and I, maybe that is maybe that's me. I just think maybe the Utah game wasn't good for Florida, and and I, right. the reason I'm saying that is, you know, I think it's good for fans. I think it's good for the swamp and the environment down there. It's a sold out crowd, but I, I think again it's. It's it's more fuel for this Kentucky team. This is a this is a big blue nation program that that came out had a high expectations and the week one didn't go exactly what they wanted, but mm-hmm. they've crowned they crowned Florida Gators just over one week in one game. So right. again, we're we're basing that off a, a poll that Utah is legit. You know, I don't think this this Utah quarterback was great, but he's no Will Levis. I, no. He's a better quarterback. So, you know, I. I I don't know. I just think that they've nobody's talking. There's no. It's not a Heisman thing. It's not a. It's 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 not a, a SEC championship thing. It's you're being told all week that Florida is still better than you. So right. I think that is the fuel that that Mark and company are going to use, and that's why I like them uh, winning this game. Well, Shane, I cannot wait to watch this game and and all these games. So many good yes. matchups here in the SEC. We've went really long on this one, so yep. unless you got anything else, I'm ready to hop off this one uh, and, and watch some football. I am too, man. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I, I'm look I'm pumped up. I'll call it this weekend. It's going to be freaking awesome. Um, if you don't like our picks, remember we're going to have a Friday night lights, uh, <laughs> so we'll be drinking some cold beers later this evening. Jump on there, the Twitter Spaces, and and we'll discuss what you think will happen in these games. So, but Mike, that's all I've got, brother. 
Yeah, and I, because I've been under the weather shed, I have not had a sip of alcohol since the last one we did. So <laughs> I'm going to be feeling pretty good. I think I'm going to be up to the task of uh, taking a, taking down some cold ones That's on it. Friday. I cannot wait. Cannot wait for this football. I appreciate you, brother, as always, for joining me. And we appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Hey, what's Pitt ranked? 16, I think, 16, 17. Upset. <laughs> <laughs>